Every year on September 11th, Catalonia celebrates its national day, known as La Diada. This date commemorates the fall of Barcelona in 1714 during the War of the Spanish Succession, which resulted in the loss of Catalan autonomy. Since then, Catalonia has had varying degrees of self-governance, including the suppression of its autonomy during General Franco's rule. But what are the main reasons driving some Catalans to advocate for independence? Is an independent Catalonia economically, politically and socially viable? What is the European Union's stance on Catalonia's independence movement? This is Elena Oset, and you're listening to Giri's No Home, Spanish politics for experts. Bienvenidas, bienvenidos, welcome to Giri's No Home. Today's episode will be a bit longer than our usual 10-minute format because we're delving into a complex and, in my opinion, a very interesting topic. We're discussing the Catalan independence movement with Dr. Andrew Dowling. He's a historian and professor of Spanish history at Cardiff University and the author of books such as Catalonia, A New History. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. First of all, I wanted to ask you why. Why is the issue of independence significant in Catalonia, as opposed to other Spanish regions like Andalucía or Aragón, for example? Well, I think the first thing that's really important um, for listeners to know is that for most of its history with, with say, Catalan nationalism for, the, say, the past 120, 140 years, independence was a very minor element within that kind of overall umbrella of whether, whether you want to call it Catalanism or whether when you call it Catalan nationalism, independence was very much a minority strand. So the big turn to independence is a really, really new development. So we need to go back and think, what, what was the project of Catalanism or Catalan nationalism as it emerged in the late 19th century? Well, it emerged in one of the richest, most advanced regions of Spain, and it had two major projects, really. One was to lead the modernization of Spain from Barcelona, um, because the perception was that Spain was was behind, Spain was backwards, Madrid was not as sophisticated or as developed as Barcelona, and it was the Catalans, the Catalans rather, who could lead that modernization. Also, at the same time, the second element of that was the defense and the promotion of Catalan language, culture and identity. Mm -hmm. And of course, there are also economic reasons. What do we know about this? There's no dispute, I think, amongst economists, whatever their political position, that Catalonia sends more money to the central government than it receives in return. And, you know, that's pretty much universally accepted by all economists. There is a dispute, though, about the scale of it, how much it is. And in general, you could say that Catalan economists claim it's a much bigger figure than perhaps many Spanish economists or, or others. But I think we should also remember, and this is very important, that that is common across Europe. So, for example, the region of London is rich. The southeast of England is rich. And they also send more money to central government than they receive in return. It also happens within the European Union, where you get north-south transfers as well. Are there any other important factors then for the pro-independence movement? I think there's other things that explain um, the rise of independence. I think, um, very importantly, the transformation in Spain over the past 40 years. So, you know, on the 1st of January 1986, Spain joins 
the European Economic Community, and we see a vast um, transformation of Spanish political and economic reality. Um, most of the 20th century, Barcelona was the most important city in Spain, and that continued to be the case. And today, um, Madrid has overtaken Barcelona. So you've got all these different factors coming in. You've got cultural, linguistic, you've got economic, you've got kind of who are we anymore if we're no longer even the most important or most economically dynamic people in Spain. You've also got the rise of Spanish nationalism and much more confident Spain. So you've got all of these elements kind of fed in to contribute towards the rise of independence, contributed, made worse, if you want, by the arrival of the economic crisis in Spain after 2008, which again fed into all of these grievances. Mm -hmm. And the independence process in Scotland is often used as a reference by Catalan politicians for the type of referendum they like to hold. Do you believe this is a valid comparison? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think in a way my position has changed around um, referendums, and that's partly because of the referendum that was held in Britain in June 2016. I probably no longer think that a yes-no binary referendum is the best way to solve what I call complex um, political issues. I think you probably need a little bit more than just 50% plus one extra vote to sort of, and maybe that seems a little bit unfair because that was um, possible for Scotland in 2014 if they had 50% plus one. But I think people have begun to feel, you know, Brexit referendum is one very obvious one where is simply, you know, having a country split down the middle, sort of yes and no, It is that the best way to solve a very complex issue? So I think, And I've moved more to the position of what I call a supermajority, where perhaps you need at least 50% of the population to turn out. And maybe you need 55% to say yes, or maybe or maybe even higher. But I think a 50-50 split, which is kind of what you have really in Catalonia, is not necessarily the best way to solve this complex problem. Yeah, in fact, there was already a referendum in Catalonia in 2017 organized by the Catalan government without the consent of the Spanish government. I would like to recommend our listeners to watch a documentary called Two Catalonias on Netflix if they want to know more about this. Um, and some people argue that the way the Spanish government reacted to this referendum increased support for independence in Catalonia. What do you think? The, the approach of the Spanish government to, the, you know, the attempted referendum of October the 1st, 2017, the extremely heavy handed policing, you know, they, the, the global images that, you know, is a massive international news story. It's it's undeniable that, that these police actions, they clearly greatly angered many Catalans, even those who weren't particularly sympathetic to independence. So it was a, it was a very damaging day if you want it was a damaging day for spain internationally it did great damage to the reputation of you know um, a supposedly a, a parliamentary democracy in europe and it, it did enormous you know negative it had enormous negative consequences for spain so i think it's entirely understandable that when you get that kind of behavior in a sense um that demand for independence certainly for a period afterwards rose 
the, the events of the 1st of October 2017 gave the cause of Catalan independence a moral victory. And nowadays, are there strong indicators that Catalans in Spain still have a significant desire for independence? Today, you know, 2023, prospects of the formation of a new Spanish government, it cannot be said that um, support for independence in Catalonia has risen, it's stalled, to some extent it's fallen. I think one of the very interesting things that's happened in some new data a couple of weeks ago is that many young Catalans are not as interested in independence as the solution to the political problems of Catalonia as other generations. So under 25s, many people thought, for, for example, that there might be some kind of inevitability that young people, as they reach adulthood, would in, almost certainly be even more in pro-independence. But that doesn't seem to have happened. So again, you've got quite complex things going on across Catalan society. And what's Europe's position on this conflict? Well, I think the European Union showed its position in October 2017. There was great hope amongst many Catalans that somehow the European Union would force Spain to the negotiating table and the outcome might be some kind of independence. But I think that was always wishful thinking. There are countries within the European Union that have got their own problems, for example, between, say, Romania and Hungary, um, there's, you know, that you've got kind of like the Northern Irish question when Britain was still a member. The countries of the European Union, the member states of the European Union did not want what they would call further political instability. And they felt that allowing, you know, supporting the independence of Catalonia would create a precedent, perhaps, because I think one of the very important things, if Catalonia becomes independence, then the question has to be, for the Basques, why not us? Basques will say it's our turn as well. And then you get, you know, a, a kind of an, another layer of complexity or instability. Mm -hmm. I guess economic interests have something to do with that too. Once Britain announced it was leaving the European Union, and once the referendum result began to be confirmed, Spain rose in importance It, it used to be the fifth most important country in the European Union. Today, it's the fourth. So after kind of like, you know, France, Germany, Italy, Spain is a very important player. Um, French and German banks have got lots of financial investments in Spain. And they've got, you know, they've got money in the game. They've got skin in the game, as it were. And so they do not want to see, firstly, uh, political instability. And second, their own financial interests jeopardized. So I think the Catalans discovered the hard way that um, that hope for support was just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And would Catalonia be ready right now to become an independent country? I think firstly, an independent Catalonia would be absolutely economically viable. You couldn't make an economic argument against it, depending on how it came about. You have to recall, for example, in, in October 2017, the Catalan government said it... It had been building for many years what it called state structures to enable Catalonia to be an independent state. It then transpired in October 2017 that they hadn't done the preparation at all and there were these supposedly promised state structures were not there. So I think they, they would have to demonstrate clearly um, that they have got the infrastructure or planned or facilitated or enabled to demonstrate to people that 
an independent Catalonia can can function as a kind of political reality. You know, there's no doubt it could. That's not really the problem. I think they've got issues around whether an independent Catalonia could be considered to, you know, automatic membership of the European Union, or could it just be kind of floating around waiting for membership of the European Union? There are issues like that that remain very unclear. Lastly, uh, I know it's a very hard question, but I'm sure our listeners would love to hear your opinion. Do you think Catalonia will ever achieve independence from Spain? In my view, as I've said, independence is not on the horizon in the next few years. It's not a plausible outcome. But, you know, we've also been through lots of very unprecedented developments the the past few years and you should never say never we've had a global pandemic war in ukraine the planet's burning we've now got a middle east conflict so making predictions about the future is um you know a dangerous game in a sense or a very you know you can't really do it but all things being equal with the, with the current if you want correlation of forces that exist spanish government that says no to independence a Catalonia that can barely get half of the population in favour of independence. No international support. No country internationally has put its hand in the fire and says, we support an independent Catalonia. With that, those three elements, and until something really, really changes in those three elements, you have no meaningful, clear route to the independence of Catalonia. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for being with us today, Andrew Dowling, and for shedding some light on such a complex topic as the Catalan independence movement. We could certainly spend a lot of time talking about this issue, so we will probably return to it at a later time. Remember that you can listen to a new episode every two Thursdays on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and find weekly content on our Instagram, Giris No Home. Hasta pronto.